two locks and a cox. From Devon's Radio X with Exeter Chiefs. Don't miss the friendly against the Scarlets on Saturday the 10th of February. Book your tickets today at tickethub.exeterchiefs.co.uk. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, prepare yourself for episode 22 of Two Locks and a Cox with myself, Chris Bentley, the leader of the James Baker fan club, Ian Dunstan, and Dame of the Realm, Sarah Cox. This week on the pod, on the field, the men lose and the women win off the field. Faye Wabusu's opting for England. The loads of players are moving to France. In the bin, hookers being called hookers. A new feature, the Stab Man. Let's get to it. Two locks and a cox. From Devon's Radio X. James Baker Fan Club. Oh, just word salad, mate. Don't worry about it. It's like uh, just, that's just what, that's all we're abuse. giving him. Trolls. Yeah. Have mate. you been taking someone on on a, online? Have oh, you? Oh, well, yeah, 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 yeah. And just keeps bringing it up and using classic banter. Like I remember my first beer. It's like, yeah, it's funny when you use it in context or that. I um, my, my dad always has a saying: if you get kicked, to get kicked in the backside means you're already in the lead. So the fact, the fact <laughs> that you get the fact you get a bit of hassle in it means you're winning. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Excellent. it's fine. So let's get on the road with them. Um, I want to start with the men's game. Well, t- can I be honest? Hand in the air. I've seen highlights of the games. I, I, I was with the kids, and my son's got these new laser guns that we bought for Christmas. So we just charging around the house playing laser pistols all weekend that's that amazing, amazing. <laughs> yeah. it? i watched both wow. games so uh, uh, it, was, it was it was like yeah. it's laser tag it's really good yeah. um we got them from um smith toys as toys available and, and and you've got like a little radius and you get six shots uh, and you flash every time you get shot and then once you've been shot six times you're dead that is absolutely it's amazing really cool. we mate, need in the this. summer i'm gonna get a load more and invite people around oh have my a laser tag God, like an adult laser oh, tag yeah. oh my goodness that would be amazing when, we, when we're finished i'll show you i've got some videos of us doing it with nerf guns in the house yeah. with oh. thrash music yeah. and I, I run out of nerf bullets and right. i get the butt of the gun and i whack thomas with it oh wow <laughs> you went full tilt <laughs> yeah. full tilt well, i got full into it got excited oh, yeah mate, you did mate, a little bit this, it's different it's funny to see when you play laser tag or nerf because some people will hide there'll be snipers and other people are like full-on gung-ho i'm going for it oh i'm a sniper yeah see i'm, I'll I'm, hide. A, I'm a gung-ho chris oh, mate, totally. uh, i knew it exactly yeah, yeah. there's no to, way we used we, to do a thing at rugby. there's nothing you can hide behind we used to think at rugby <laughs> where you had to hold you had to hold the wrist of one bloke and he'd hold your wrist and then you had to whack the fella in the face and the thing was you, you fight you're wrestling so you're holding with one hand and you're trying to hack, hack, whack with the other i used to let go of the wrist and just whack them <laughs> and, and, and you they'd hit me back like, it's like yeah. oh well it's no a standard worries. rugby thing and then the, the other hell? one you do is where you uh, hug each other and you've got to try and get your arms, arms on out. the inside and pick them up that's it yeah. you've never done that Coxie no well, sh- I played, sh- I'll sh- I'll sh- to be fair I haven't played rugby a tackle for a while drill, so I put my hand on your shoulder yeah. and my hand on your hip and you put your alternate hand on my shoulder hand on hip and then you've got to fight for the inside and if you get both hands inside you won the collision you can pick them up off the floor wow so it's like you end up doing this really silly elaborate dance trying to get your hands in Oh, I've seen people warm up doing that. Yeah. I did wonder. Huh, so the, the, the reason it's a tackle drill. It's trying to win. It's trying to win the centre mass and pick them up. Normally it involves me just hugging people like a bear and no one being long enough to get away from the orang utan arms. Amazing. Right. So, so the men's game. Um, can we start with the men's game? Everyone happy with that? I don't, I don't mind which way around. I we started with the women last week, we started with yeah, the men yeah, this week. Okay, so the cool. men's game, one of the best games of rugby, full stop. And Baxter's words at the end, for me, were spot on. It, it, Do you it, know the exact words he said? It was basically, had he have scored that try in the end or not, would we have felt any different about this game? Not and that part. It, the bit that really got me in yeah. the feels was, he said, it's an honour 
to be here and watching this side. Mm. Uh, how amazing, uh, what a great choice of words mm. for a coach who, as I say earlier, had a vision two years ago to rebuild his side, yeah. whereas now we're seeing sides fall to pieces as they've lost their stars or losing their stars this yeah. year. He had this vision two years ago and he stood there in front of his players after his first loss, losing a, a, a run streak of 23 games uh, and said it's an honour to be here. That's humility, if anything is. Well, well said, Ian Dunstan. Well said. Let's the thing, stop there. Move the thing, on. The thing for me was was the fact that, as he said, and and it's reframed a lot of rugby for me. Is like, would it be any different had they not have scored that try at the death? No, it was it was one for for the layman that was one hell of a game of rugby. That's what you want Premiership rugby to be, isn't it? Yeah. Two Black teams going full tilt. Yep. At hammer and tongs at the game, and I, I'll kick off a little bit about some decision making, but but for me. One hell of a game. Yeah, I think the referee ran, no, ran about. Not, not, not the decisions that the referee had to make. Not the decision making. The referee was cool, Coxie. Don't worry, you're safe. Well, I'm, I'm safe. I wasn't right. refereeing. You always, so. defend, you always <laughs> defend the refs, and I don't want to get into that. But it was, it's more, got, that, that's from a grudge at the end. We got what one a to call out. We got one to call out. But uh, do you know, it was almost like a, a, a boxer will stand there and he'll see what the sides got. Haggler Hearns. Haggler Hearns, yeah. where they just go there, right in the middle of the ring, and just start punching each Let's other. Let's see what's going to happen. And, and Northampton took 26 punches, mm. uh, and then would like that. And if you notice, what they did was they reacted really well in game as well. A lot of the sides, when they've seen these young bucks in their face on this rush to fence what did Northampton do they reacted and they stood a bit deeper mm. which is what you need to do yeah. you need to stand deeper so they reacted to that and then all of a sudden they started picking off gaps and they started picking off well, uh, the, you, the slow, you, you slower mentioned guys. you mentioned a key point in the stat man a bit later on that Chiefs only concede points when Daffy Jenkins is yes. on the field. So <laughs> Daffy Jenkins, Daffy Jenkins <laughs> his new nickname be. has to be Gandalf. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. shall not pass. He has to be on the pitch at all times, even if it's sat on a chair in the corner or something and not playing, because <laughs> they are some cracking oh, stats. That's my front door. Sorry. Oh wow! <laughs> How good are ring doorbells? I'm surprised your oh. phone is actually capable of that. It's Welcome so to 2024, Chris. Yeah, yeah we've like, had we've... them for the last eight years. Yeah. Oh, Sarah, Sarah hasn't got one because she's yes, got a butler. Her butler Wait, answers we've her. Just, we've I just got. A, I don't have a ring doorbell, but I have one that records things. I'll be honest. I'm, I'm always. I'm, it's like baby monitors. I'm nervous with the ring doorbell because if it says there's someone at the door at like three in the morning, I'm like, oh god, I don't really want to know. When we had the baby monitors, and you're always worried that the baby's going to be like, I'm with your child when there's nothing bad. Oh my like, god, oh. where does your brain go? I'm just uh, a weirdo. You yes, are, yeah, agreed. 100%. So, yeah, so Chiefs game, oh, crikey, yeah, 26. So a, a boxer sometimes will take a load of punches, wait for them to tire out. I'm not saying Northampton did that, because you'd never do that in a game of rugby to, you know, no, to do that many it's, points. It's, it, the elite level, it's momentum. Backs is big on. The Chiefs had all the momentum, and, and Northampton just had to hang on. Yellow cards but killed the game. When they landed oh, wow, their shots. you've gone there. Yellow okay. cards killed the game. Were they correct? Yeah, I think the yellow cards were correct. A couple of the other decisions, I'll say... Well, we'll, I mean, we'll, I, we'll, we'll gripe at that later on. Let's talk about the good bits of this game. All of them. It was a, it was a hell of a game. Hell of a game. Chief, uh, Chiefs were looking brilliant. Northampton were looking brilliant. Prize fighters going at each other. Alex Mitchell, take your hat off. I mean, he's he's got to be nailed down for England scrum half, Mate, he? he caught Painter a crippler, didn't he, for one of the tries? Yeah. Painter, Painter's at the guard defender, and he just ran across the face of him, and Painter was like, nope, I ain't got the gas. No. <laughs> I say, interesting, though, how many um, kicks went out on the full? Mm. There was a lot more than than we're used to. I think there's about six of them. Yeah, windy old place, Sandy Park, and it, it gusts was a it bit, windy, doesn't it? Though, was oh, it like... you know, Coxie, Sandy Windy Park. Yeah, yeah it's but, always... Uh, was as it players, windy? we used to call it Sandy Windy Park. Because once you get up above <laughs> the stands, that wind whips everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Genuinely. You Things have no certain control. in life. You'll have, you'll have a stand at one end of the pitch 
blow the flag will be blowing to the right, and you'll have a stand, flag at the other end that blowing to the left. It whips around all over the show. Oh, Certain things in life: death, taxes, and wind at Sandy Park. <laughs> it's up. It's up high, and it? it's exposed. <laughs> So yeah, there was a lot of kicks on the floor, but also that's players just playing at the fingertips. That's that's running on the red, you know, playing on a red line. You're absolutely flat out. No, it's amazing. They're not they're not playing within themselves. No, no disrespect. They're not playing against Newcastle and they can take it easy. They are going full tilt, first versus second, yeah. hammer and tongs. Great game of rugby. Great advert. Sandy Park busy as well. That's two weeks it was on the booming, bounce. Wasn't yeah, it? just over fourteen thousand, which is just brilliant. What's full capacity there? Though? Fifteen thousand and three. It's a really weird number, isn't it? Well. It's a really weird <laughs> number. Fifteen thousand seven point five. We've already established that I'm I'm a bit autistic. I can't handle. It should be like fifteen thousand two hundred, and it's something like fifteen thousand two hundred and twenty-four. And you're like point five. Oh. how have you? you surely you must have out. designed the stands yeah. so the seats actually work properly. Yeah, who gets half a seat. But, uh, yeah, really good to see a big crowd. And lots of real nice praise from Northampton fans on social media saying how great it was. Obviously, they won, so that made things even sweeter for them. But how it was nice to be amongst the extra fans and it were a good crowd and it's a good group. Northampton are a good and group, though. Northampton are. are a good... And a great stadium. Yeah. yeah, and a good experience for everybody. Yeah. yeah. And, and on the subject of great stadium, see Sandy Park's landed um, license to have like eight concerts. They're, yeah, they're for, too, for next year. They're too late to bid yeah. for the big. Because, you know, the concerts you have to bid. So the, 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 the promotions company say, we've got um, Adele. And if you wanted to bid, then you've got to tell us how much you're going to pay to have a daddy. And, and that's how it works. Wow. You, Wicked. You, you I've bid. got a Hewlett Packard. You bid. Oh, no, you, you bid. That's a, that's a tech joke. Yeah. Wow. You bid. So you bid to land the act. Who do oh, we want? Okay. Ronan Keating, yeah. Tom Jones, so Tom oh. Jones, all these great acts. These so there's, ba- there's bankers that you know that are going to sell out a stadium, or yeah. you take Rick a Astley. risk. You take a risk on someone that that's going to. They do, they in. do this in the um, in the French women's internationals. All the uh, clubs mm. bid for it, and then they open an envelope of who's who's won the bids. Oh, no wow. one knows. Right. So that's why it ends up sometimes in, in really random places. You're like, oh, well, how we end up down there? No, but they bid it, for it. It's the promoter thinks they yeah. can back themselves to make it work. Yeah, no, it's a very good idea, I think. So what were your highlights of the game? Uh, well, the highlights were... Well, to be honest, the highlight for me was the Chiefs, when they wrestled back the final try. Um, so who was it? I think Russie runs to the line. He offloads to Ethan Roots. Ethan Roots offloads to Tom Kens. Tom Kens gets absolutely mangled and gets it back to Roosie, and Roosie runs it in from 55 metres. Steps two, little chip, score. one out. As a big Mongo second row, that's one out of a try. Yeah, it's almost and, like... and it pulls the Chiefs back in. The only thing was, there was still eight minutes left in the game. Yeah, but um... that that for me was the most because it, it's lo- it's lovely when you flat track bullying when you when you're just better than them and you're going twenty eight points up. That's great. But when they've fought back and the Chiefs have found the steel as a young group to, to, to double down and go, no, we're, we're we're winning this game, and they've fought back and they've done everything. They did it chief style as well, though. Whereas Northampton found those edges and found those gaps, which is going to be there with 14 men on a rush defence mm. and a slight mismatch. It's not as they get tired, but you know, as, as things aren't quite as fast as they are. Whereas Exeter just decided route one straight through the middle. Let's but smash North, down some North, doors. I mean, Northampton have got some guts. Fair play. Yeah, and and oh, he's Australian. Fergus Lee Warner or whatever. It is, it, it, I forgot this. Angus Scott Young, I think it is the second, the back rower. Just banging constantly just fighting for every inch and you're like yeah fair play mate you've, you've stuck in there well because you know what Chiefs are going to bring and then on the flip the other thing Chiefs Max Norrie you know what another fine another hooker coming through yes. um, and, and and the Chiefs I wrote a thing in the Express Neck about eight years ago the Chiefs are like the Borg from Star Trek <laughs> that you knock one over and another one comes along and <laughs> It doesn't really matter who it is. It's almost like a face. thing. They just regenerate every re- time. Just something else comes along. Like Max Norrie's come off it. And when they score, 
think it's the penultimate try. I was what I put player cam on him, and he runs flat out to chase back. And you're like, yeah, you know, you're seeing right the way through the squad. These lads have got the wherewithal and the endeavour to to fight for every inch. And he he didn't make it back, but it's that it's it's the thing you do in the dark. You're like this T. And uh, the other thing to take into account, this is only like year one of this group, really. And and they're already upset in the odds. They are, but you've got Jacques Vermeulen there, who's just tearing up trees every Battle single orc. week, isn't he ever? I mean, we're, what? we're sticking with the Lord of the Rings. He is like the ultimate orc. Yeah, <laughs> I dare you to tell him that. I will. I'll, I'll tell, tell him, him that. Yeah, no problem at all. Although, yeah, I'm a you know, I was a big heavy set second row. He's big as me. He's and your he size seven. Yeah. He's, yeah. His, his engine is just ridiculous. But it's that that always desire to just not accept the tackle, not accept the contact, and just go that extra little bit. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Well, and then his Instagram the next day, he was doing a barbecue. Uh, was he? Just, no, he wouldn't. I'm no, doing a braai. It was literally just a load of coal over a bit of metal. Yeah, it's a braai. Yeah, That's wasn't. the best way to do it. That's yeah. like, that is the only way. Old and school. the Argentinian way as well. Oh, yeah. the Argentinian Old way? Old school, yeah. What's that? Coals. Right. Why are you looking at me so funny? Because, because you know oh, it's the Argentinian the, way. The Ar- <laughs> <laughs> What a Sorry. random fact. No, I've, I've, I've told Argentina the, twice. The and they, do, up. they do know how to do a barbecue. The Argentinian way. It was, it was the Argentinian way. There I'm is sorry. a way. It's actually it's wood and you burn the wood and the coals oh, yeah, drop you're a through the grid. Fiend, right. and, you? Then, and then you scrape the embers from under the wood right. underneath it. And it's called, the, it's called, the, is that the Argentinian way? It's called asado. Right. No, it's Ian Dunstan's way. No, I love the Argentinian Coxie, probably when she gets home, she says to her butler, can you make me a steak? The Argentinian way. Asado. <laughs> <laughs> You're painting the wrong picture of me. I don't have a butler. Oh, yeah, I whatever. think people have got in their heads that I'm looking at this young, five... You've got your young person style on as well. You've tucked your socks over. You're like an 80s PE teacher. And you live in a penthouse. I don't live in a penthouse. <laughs> I live in a top floor flat. <laughs> that's, that's a penthouse. penthouse. That's how you describe a penthouse. Penthouse. So anyway, oh, yeah, yeah. Jack Vermeulen, talking about him. You're talking about hookers. I think everyone, everyone sort of really turned up. And uh, yes, it's disappointing with a, to, to lose that streak. But as we talked with Statman, it's almost nice not to have that hanging over you anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but it's a good way to lose it as well when everybody's talking about the quality of the game. It was almost like anything you can do, we can do too. And it was just end to end yeah. to end. But it was, like, as an advert for the game. And, very and, good. And, and I'm, I'm not even upset at the Chiefs losing. It was just a great game of rugby. Yeah. And, and you know, this is the thing for me. I always, I always refer, to, always refer to what you know. What I, my two favourite games are lost. Yeah. Okay. Because everybody maximised their effort. Yeah. And, and were it not for a, a key moment in the 81st minute. Sometimes you can't and control. I, I'm just, I've just been reading a piece on Ronnie O'Sullivan. Um, and it says how he's a tortured soul that he doesn't care about winning or, or he just wants to play the perfect game of snooker. Yeah. And he spends half his life in China doing these exhibition games in complete silence. Really? With no one talking to him because he doesn't care for any of it. He just wants to play. It's just the beauty of, of, of the snooker is what he likes. Yeah. And, and I'm sort of thinking maybe I am this no, this noise. Just, I just love the beauty of the game and that was a cracking game of rugby. My moans are TNT Sport put it on five or extra oh, yeah. on the button, not yeah. on the main one. I, look, I still You still could watch it. You could still find yeah. it. It would have been nice to have been You've got on, one v two. On one. Should have the top. Well, the, yeah, top but, but of... when they decide it, it's a long time before it actually goes out on air. So it's it's one of those. Unfortunately, you're taking a bit of a pot shot at yeah, where yeah. where yeah, teams are going to be later yeah. on in the season. So uh, at least it was still there. It's well, not, they not have on asked PR us. TV. We'd have, we'd have known. We didn't know Northampton Tuesday. Of course, we would have. No, when they were picking it, Saracens against Leicester. Yeah. And, and, and the thing was still still quite a good game that one well I, again I, I didn't see much rugby but I've read yeah, all about God. it it was a proper 
proper game. Ding dong. It was a proper ding. Saracens didn't have a scrum, but we'll Saracens, talk. We'll talk about Saracens that in a minute. Are struggling. I haven't Saracens finished. I haven't finished on Chiefs yet. Oh, so my two. Yeah. So that was my first gripe. TNT being there, and my second gripe was too much TMO. Oh God, here he goes. No, I'm not just saying that's it. Full stop. Ended it. Yeah, we'll, we'll, talk, we'll, talk it. About, I wanna, we'll talk about that at the end because I've got gripes on all sorts. Okay. Have you? Oh, yeah. Have you brought the moaning head on? No, I brought the happy head. So the women's game. Women beat Ealing Trail Finders, the return of Charlie. And it was, I forgot to mention, but he Captain America. Um, Kate Zachary. Kate Zachary came back, scored a try. Standard. Right at the end. <laughs> yeah. But nonetheless, this is Kate Zachary. She is unbelievable. She is a machine. She's a loss. She's a loss, but she's battered them 38-19. Yeah, they did. Yeah, and I was there watching that one. And although Emily Totosi was missing, the Chiefs had an absolute amazing fill-in in Kleena Maloney, who was on fire. She was very good, yeah. And some of those breaks that she made as well were phenomenal. Every time, I think every time she got the ball... She bulldozing. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. She so just I've, got I over said Zachary, Zachary was a loss, but then Maloney's just bulldozing through girls oh, yeah. for fun and yeah, then throwing yeah, off loads for days. Yeah, no, it was fantastic. And to watch that first half as well, I was trying to bask in what there was a little bit of sun over the other side. And it just, it made for really good watching. They wanted to move the ball. They wanted to offload oh. it. They wanted to just keep but going. But you see the extra Chiefs have listened to me because they've moved oh, the supporters across into the East Terrace. <laughs> they've listened to the pod and uh, they've gone, hang on a minute, let's move the supporters Chris, into the East. Chris so Bailey actually talks better on the telly. I, I've got an issue. They're moving them back next next game. Okay. Oh, are they? Huh, yeah, huh? Susie said, we hope to have you back over this side next game. Oh. Well, so, yeah, but it might not, maybe it's not really televised. Maybe, so clearly, maybe, just proof nobody yes. listens to you, Chris. No, probably for the televised games, put the fans in because well, the yeah, people because, see they want to go along. Because the cameras sit yes. in the grandstand, Correct. so there's nothing worse than looking at empty seats. So oh. if you switch the fans over, it's still you can still sit. There's still enough room for everybody to sit. Oh. You get to stand when the sun's out. It's nice. It's you're basking in the sun. I, I think basking in the basking. sun. Basking. I sound proud of Devon. No, you don't. You sound northern, like the way you said bath just now. It's Bath. Basket. Are we going to start this again? No, we're not. No. No. Just say a rank. Carry on about the game. Come on. Um, yeah, no. So, again, there's starting to be a little bit more kicking that's involved. Um, and you're seeing teams now sort of exiting from box kicks, which you wouldn't normally have had. So you're seeing an evolution of the, the women's game now. They're starting to follow a little bit of the blueprint of the men's game. But I don't think you're ever going to get these kick battles that you enter into. I think that the kicking is to 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 get somewhere, to get that press and, and to, to push people backwards, rather oh, mate, than well, trying to just keep going back yeah, and got, forth, got, back um, and forth. Tessier with the cute little um, grubber kicks as well. She yeah. scored an absolute boot <laughs> last week. So rush defence, just drop it on the boot and then... Gas <laughs> out the other side. Yeah. It's which, good. Is, which is a real it's nice really, threat. Yeah, which more people should do that because because there's so many rush defenses and you just got to get that little cute kick in behind it. Yeah, and I, I think it's really nice to see some innovation that's just a little bit different, but it's not gone too far. We're not seeing big kick battles. We're not seeing lots of grubber kicks when they're not meant to be there. But we had loads of changes this week yeah, because, yes. of this, we did, because of this international uh, rule. What's your opinion? We? Wait, can you give us an opinion on that or do you have no, to the tell EQP, the RFU line? No, no. So so I think the, the intentions of the EQP are really solid and I think the foundations of, of what they want to achieve with the EQP is there. So obviously you want to, to create a pathway for English players to come through. So hence the, the EQP is f- not forcing but... but making teams use English players. I think the issue that you've got is that when you when you don't have a big block of English players to put on the pitch, it makes it really, really difficult for sides. Uh, there's a podcast with um, Sale. They have openly said, we are not going to hit that EQP. And you're like, oh, 
Okay. Okay. And this this is why so this is what I heard. So, so so they've said, look, well, we're we're not gonna um we're not gonna hit it because you know you, you're attracting different types of players in different parts, mm-hmm. and a lot of the English players are in and around London, um and then it's very sort of sparse or, or around yeah. that. So if you look at it, and I think what the teams have done have, have come together. Now, this is what I'm, I'm hearing on the, the grapevines. They've come together. They've gone back to the PWR and said the EQP potentially is something that we're going to struggle with. And I think PWR have, have listened to it. I think the RFU have listened to it and said, right, we might be in a position to be able to redesign this, potentially go over an average of over the whole season rather than every single game. Um, and it, it sounds really positive from what is coming out of the, the rumblings of the PWR that actually the RFU and the PWR themselves are listening to what the clubs are asking for and they're making changes. So as to what that's going to look like, not sure, but it seems very positive and, and teams seemed a little bit more relaxed around what that's going to look like in the future. It's evolution and what's great yes. about the PWR, because it's new, it doesn't have these old stalwarts in their uh, in their um, uh, old classic t- <laughs> shirts and ties and all of that. And I, lo- and I love that part of rugby. Yeah, yeah. But actually the, the people making the decision of the PWR are, are, are business people as well as sports yes, people and know that they have to have an evolution to produce something that's entertaining, but but also it is financially rewarding or rewardable. So it's not something that's just going to create a black hole of debt yeah. uh, that's entertaining for TV, entertaining for people, that, uh, and that's actually achievable. But tell me, tell me how, how exciting is it as, as a, a union for you to turn around and say that you've potentially got one of the best leagues in the world, one of the strongest leagues in the world, and the one league that has got the biggest amount of potential to grow the global game full stop? That's different in men's. You, you, you've got several different leagues, lots of different pots of money that are moving around. You've got, you've got the European Super League already made. Yeah, and in, in the women's game at the moment, you, you have got this fabulous league that people are really attracted to, that are wanting to come in and play for. And it's not about money. It, it, it's not driven solely by money. It's driven by quality and the setup that you get and the professionalism. And a lot of the feedback that I hear from from people that have come over from different countries is the professionalism that they've put in place in this. And and if I were the RFU, I'd jump in all over that. Get as many people in as we can. And and yes, I get the EQP because you you want you don't want to have a whole team that are is is just foreigners. But what you do want is the ability to grow the global game that when we get into those internationals, you've got teams that are now so much closer together and we've got a top of the table that is so much closer well, together. It's like, it's like the men's premiership at the moment. Everybody can beat everybody other than Newcastle and possibly Gloucester. Who exactly. And, and Gloucester's, Gloucester's next win, when's it going to come? Um, oh. Next week. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, Gloucester aren't bad. They, they, they have the potential to win. Newcastle are, 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 are stumped, whereas... In women's rugby at the moment, you've probably got three or four teams at the, yeah, at the, and at the elite level, and what gl- you want to have is yeah. is seven or eight. Exactly. And that. then then every no. international becomes more. Of a- exactly. What trail finders came back into it, uh, but that's because as the uh, Chiefs got tired, because they're not as cohesive working with each other, their defence was a little bit slacker. Whereas you rely on systems when you play with players day in day out, they're not there. So the trail finders came in and a, a bit better, showed a bit of class. But they emptied was, their bench and they they just they, got they, they stepped up a level, didn't but they? Was that 
a good enough game as a trial for Chiefs to go away and play Saracens, which is what I said when they played the Gloucester game and they lost. They didn't have enough games running up to it that tried their systems and tried them hard enough. Was that a suitable trial playing them for for this great team to go to Saracens and, and beat them next week? Look, I, I don't think you're you're able to control things like that. So I think you you almost create yourself you go the opposite way and you almost create yourself space to be able to try different things and see if those systems work and see if that's something that you can carry into the the next week I, I i think you've you've got to ride the season the way it is i think you've just got to you've got to keep producing the quality of rugby that people want to watch and i think people are going to want to watch saracens against exeter i think it's and, and again you you go back to some of the other teams that are, are going you, you gloucester's um, you know, those, those teams that are the top half of the table, people want to watch that because it's good, attritious, quality. Attritious. Rubbish. You like that, didn't you? Attritional. Attritional. Oh, God, I thought yes. it was attritious. Attritious was a good Attrici- one. No, atrocious. Uh, atrocious. atrocious was oh, I combined two. Your use of your own words. Great, I mate, look, laugh. I'm the dame. Make I can combine words. That's called a Chris Mudgeon. You do your thing, mate. Yeah, look. Oh, it's <laughs> so close. <laughs> so close. Are, we, are we all... But no, so look, they've, they had a great game. So this yeah. week coming up, we've now got uh, Chiefs women versus Saracens, which is a massive game. And we've got Exeter Chiefs men versus Glasgow, who've played more times at Sandy Park than Bristol. Back to EPCR. In, in competitive games, yeah. Yeah. Right, well, um, just... Is that really a stat? Yeah, yep. before we get to stats, and Statman's coming up after the break, as is all the other bits and bobs off the field. But right now, a special message from our sponsors. Two locks and a cox. Radio X with Exeter Chiefs. Don't miss the friendly against the Scarlets on Saturday the 10th of February. Book your tickets today at tickethub.exeterchiefs.co.uk. Part two, off the field. We've done the on the field, let's go off the field. Um, so, Emmanuel Feiwabosu, all the word is saying he's going to opt for England. I think it's terrible. Oh, wow. Big statement. He's Welsh. Why? He's, he was born in Cardiff, lived in Cardiff, speaks with, speaks with the Welsh accent. He's got all his Welsh mates. I want to know how much grief he's taking from Chris and Dafford mm. around, around the club. Did he go for a university up in, in Wales? He was at Union in Wales. In Cardiff. Chiefs managed to line him up um, to do his degree at Exeter. So I can get there's an Elf element... university to I do can, that. I can get... Because of the, because of the, but I think because he was at Exeter when he gets capped by Will, he can stay at Exeter. So he could have stayed at Exeter, played for Wales. Um, so I don't know whether the club have lent on him because releasing international windows or whether he's decided he wants to play for England because he makes more money, and he will. And obviously Wales have probably got better wingers at the moment than England. If but, Steve uh, Borthwick comes knocking and Warren Gatland doesn't, what do you do? So you, oh yeah, you, you, you I mean, don't know don't, that choice, We do don't know the ins and outs yeah. of it, but it just seems a bit peculiar for me. I also don't like the fact that he's being promoted as the next Jason Robinson when he's still embryonic in his career and there are better in my opinion wingers yeah but you get that in all uh, all facets your man at Bath Will Muir is like an absolute he's like seventh boy there's some players that are getting picked because they look like internationals, whereas some players I think are better rugby players that aren't getting anywhere near a looking yeah but you've you've got such a step between Premiership and an international rugby. So you, I, I think it's yes there's look and feel all of it but you've got to be able to step into that world my concern is he gets picked he plays one or two games, gets exposed. That's that. Has and he I'm had like, a bad? Has he had a bad game yet? No. <coughs> has he shown amazing? You feel better now for that? Yeah. Has he shown amazing um, defence when he absolutely slotted uh, Bristol Dan Thomas? 
Yes, he has. Uh, he's, has he played, shown? He's has played he, five games, Ian. But but he's not had a bad one yet, and he's shown okay, well, let, real. Then, then, then let's have him play another twenty, and then make the decision. But I the choice was now. Point. This was the key. The key point was there's an opening for the Six Nations. It starts very shortly. Someone wanted to get hold of him. Borthwick's opened the door to close it to Gatland. Yeah, Boom. but what a statement! So is that is, that is is England's policy just to cap players to, to stop them playing for the nations again? That stinks. I don't like that. Well, well, I know no, you don't like don't it, that. but the thing is, but from Borthwick, it's a selfish side of thing, isn't it? This kid has got amazing potential. Let's take him out of the market now. Let's get hold of him. Yeah, you, you, you sometimes you're investing in potential, aren't you? Yes, you have not at international level. No, I think you are. No, you are the I, best players playing. Yeah, no, no, and he might not play for the next two, three years, and he might go back and, like you say, gather some more experience and so on and so forth. But I think for for the minute you're going to invest in that that um, potential because that might actually pay off for you. Sorry, are we interrupting your work day today? No, this stop it! Don't be. Oh wow. <laughs> I He's checking his email. No, I had an important message came through. That was all. I just needed to check <laughs> More it. important than talking to the dame on a podcast. No, I mean, seriously. Right, I'm sorry. Chris's phone is important. Yes, I'm I, agree. I, I, I am addicted rugby. to it. Although, I've taken it out of the bedroom now. Nutritious. And my life is so much better. Chris, uh, Chris Williamson, who's the... I've forgotten what he does. He does a podcast and he said his, his big thing for 2024, the phone will never be in the bedroom. I was like, yeah, you're so right. I, 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 Congratulations. I see how long that lasts. Congratulations. All you've done is just stated you have absolutely zero self-control. No, I yeah. don't. You're right. I absolutely don't. So I, I don't have the phone in the bedroom. I fall asleep better. I wake up earlier. Everything's better. Everyone see, try it. You see, I, I, I agree with that. I've got this, this fear that one time my phone at school ran out of battery and I put it in my bag and I was like, yeah, whatever. And next minute I know I turn and look down the playing field and my mum's strolling up because we'd just been burgled. Right. So now I have this massive fear of my phone not being around so somebody can't get hold of me. Right. Okay. So it will always come with me. Having your phone won't stop you getting burgled. No, though, but, I mean, you, you, but the, the emergency logic. message of I need help now... But she couldn't get hold of me, so... What did people do 30 years ago? I'm starting to think I'm the only sane person, maybe Brad's sane as well. So we've got lack of self-control, Chris. So what do you do midway through a rugby game? Oh, he's in! Look at him! Brad's taking a mic out of him! Good gracious! What do you do on a rugby game, Cox? She's got Bluetooth If it's that that bigger emergency, they'll get hold of the TMO. And the TMO can speak to me. Or the number four. Or the TMO's love... Stick that in your pipe. TMO's love chirping in when they're not involved. So Ian and I disagree. Can we talk about... Right, talking of TMOs, and comms kits so there was a little bit of a tech technical sort of downfall um in one of the games the other day and they went back to old school walkie-talkie and so the <laughs> the tmo was linked to the number four on a walkie-talkie and the number four had to run on so the ref draws the the tmo box obviously can't get to the tmo Fourth official just jogs Fourth, on <laughs> genuinely <laughs> jogs on he's got this earpiece on <laughs> And he's talking to the TMO on this walkie-talkie. It's like, come in, Starkavant. <laughs> and then had to relay the message back to the referee. And the referee's like, what is going on? Looking at the Ch- screen, Chinese, seeing if it's Chinese, a try or not. Yeah, but Chinese whispers is amazing, isn't it? Because <laughs> all of a sudden it goes from somebody doing something to, no, it's absolutely fine, award the try, it was a penalty. <laughs> yeah. Penalty try? Did you say penalty try? What? Right, what? I'll go and give a penalty try. Yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> it's it's quite amusing to watch. That's such a... See, you two are both ref noises. Oh, that was really we, we funny. Have, that have, was great, yeah. Oh, there was one time we had to use walkie-talkies oh. <laughs> yeah, we, Ian found it funny because we have self-control that's what I'm saying yeah. Yeah. what's wrong with that I have no, no I have self-control I just don't with my I phone saw, I, 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 I looked am, across and I saw Chris my name is Chris. looking at me then I was like oh well this is not going down well my name is Chris and I'm a telephone addict happy to admit it 
There You're you an addict to a lot of other things as well. No, I'm not. That's the one thing I'm addicted to. The mobile phone. Vimto. Vimto. Oh, yeah, I love a bit of Vimto. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But, no, I'm not. I'm not. Vimto, yeah. Chocolate, yeah. Check. <laughs> check. Rowing, no, check. I can say no to Vimto. I can say no to chocolate. This is how it all starts. That's what addicts say, isn't it? Yeah. No, it's James Clear. He's got the atomic habits. If you just remove things, it's so much easier to deal with it. So I just remove my phone from the bedroom. Don't sit and doom scroll of an evening. Don't doom scroll of a morning. Have no problems with James Baker. He's fine with me. <laughs> Isn't it Simon? The, no, it is James. Oh, it there is was James. another one as well. Said, I, I, I'm, I'm a better a, referee than you're a better yeah. podcaster. Yeah, yeah, get on. <laughs> <laughs> the great thing is that Dunstan just swims around like this big, great white shark biting at everything. <laughs> Ian, just let him go. Let it go. Let it go. Anyway, back to rugby. Yeah, okay, so Faye Wabosu, Ian and I disagree, that's that. But everyone moving to France. What's our thoughts on, on the fact that the French have got more money and lots of rugby players? Owen Farrell's the latest one to be rumoured. He might even go to Japan. But there's rumours that he's going to leave the UK and take money. Double double force, isn't it? So it's this salary cap. So we say Rob rebuilt the squad a couple of years ago. Uh, Bristol lost great stars last year with uh, with the, the money there. And now Saracens are starting to lose them, as are other clubs. So Johnny Hill's rumoured to go to France as well. Russ Tuima's uh, rumoured to go to France. Um, Russ Tuima is the archetypal French power line. Oh, yeah, they absolutely love him. But I think if, he, if Chiefs can keep him... He could be so important for Chiefs in European endeavours. He he could do, but the Borg, there'll be another one lined up. Um, no, I, I uh, don't he know. He's a special. Lost. He is huge. He and is, he's yeah. got mitts. Yeah. And he's got gas. He and, he, and, and, and he's got so much potential because he's still got that puppy fat to lose. He can well, be a world dominator. Hopefully we've got... Him and Daft could be the best second row partnership in the world. Ever. At Exeter. No, yeah. not ever. Not Backy's both. No, 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 yeah, no, no Don't take it away from Christopher. Whoa, 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 whoa. Chris Bentley James upset. Hanks 2004 was pretty special. <laughs> no, I thought you were going to say Chris, Chris Jacks, like he played in New Zealand. Oh, Jacko, yeah. Jacko, yeah, mate. Jackinator. Yeah. Jack in a box. Jack so, yeah, go to France. Jackasaurus Rex. All right, we've got it. Mute him, good. So, yeah, we, we've got a lot of players going over to France. It, it, it's a big market. The guys are going over there. They took, obviously, five of our players last year. Um, you know, Bruce Simmons, the hot, the hot take now, for me. Let them go. Harry Williams, they're all, all I, going out. There's been a steady flow. What, why not let them go? Let the old boys make their money and let the, the new generation come through and, and they will become the best players. I think money is important, but I think that you can still generate great competition and great players in your domestic league by not competing on price, well, as, as the All Blacks have proven forever. Reese Samet's looking at going out elsewhere now, isn't he, from Gloucester? Yeah. And uh, Japan and France have been put on the table again. Well, imagine, you know, leaving a team that haven't won for eight games. Well, I get, I get that, but, like, it's quite, it's quite obvious, isn't it, around money? But he, but he looks uninterested when he plays for Gloucester because they're not Does winning he? and he's got that killer streak that he wants mm. to win. You know, rugby players don't go out on the pitch to lose. They want to win, don't they? Uh, so, you know, losing... <laughs> Sometimes they go too long. <laughs> I knew he was going to say oh, that when I said no. to you. That's a good No, I'm taking that. Good. That yeah. is quite good. Yeah. You were laughing before you even said that. Oh, no, oh, wow. wow. So they didn't go into lose or too long. Um, uh, but they're there. So they want to be part of this competitive. Now, obviously, there are big reasons why players go. So who came back from France? Finn Russell. Why did he come back? Wanted to play in the UK. Wanted to play for Bath. And another million good reasons. Yeah, but he's also got a little one as well. Yeah, there is also the culture shock. Like I failed miserably when I went to France. You went too uh, many croissants. I did. No, that's when I realised I wasn't going to succeed. But... <laughs> Culturally, it can be difficult for some people to go over to France and do well. Now, some of the bigger clubs in France have now got situations where th th there's coaching in English, they get lessons. But but if you're ending up in the Pro D Deux or the Federal Un, where, where they might not have that set up, there's guys will go out there and have a real shock and go, actually, 
quite prefer to earn a bit less money and be back in England. But my point remains, we shouldn't be competing on price. We should create a situation where guys can stay in their domestic league if they want to. But if they want to go away, let them go. And, and yeah. I think, you know, everyone's flapping about we lose Owen Farrell. Well, let's bring the next generation through it, whether it, whether it's Finn Smith or whether it's Marcus Smith or whether it's Harvey Skinner, whoever it may be for the international team. Let's go, well, let's take the guys that want to be in our nation. Let's put real pride in our badge and not compete on price. Is yeah, any- and I, like I think with the, the the Farrell one as well. Like, why why when you've done so much for the game, mm-hmm. so much for your own career, why can't you go and explore other options to experience something or different? Or cash in. Ultimately, they're cashing in, which is great. Which is what Jan Howe did last year. Tell you what, though, there's only one Englishman tough enough to ever go to Ireland to play rugby. Who's that? Dave Ewers. Oh, oh, he's yeah, in Ulster, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. And the story was, he took the same amount of money that he was offered at Chiefs. He just went because he's just Dave. Why not? What a guy. Big but Dave. why not? Like, there's Dave. so many opportunities around yeah. that as as oh, a youngster yeah. and, and as someone that, that may, potentially is coming towards the end of their career, why wouldn't you want to go and experience no, there's, something there's, somewhere there's else? There's two points this, Coxie, because yeah. I, I, again, I'm, I'm the traditionalist and I love the game. And, and, and when I came Dinosaur. when I came through, I moved up the levels and I thought I'd found my club because I played more games for a club called Oral in the northwest than I did for Exeter and I thought that was my club and we were bought by Wigan Rugby League and it was all absolutely magnificent we're going to go and win everything and Dave Whedon was putting his money in and, and Morris Lindsay told me I was a young Andy Farrell it was great oh my and god he, did, he went Chris you're like a young Andy Farrell I was like well he was lying right, he, he? you're a boss you're a boss on the field and we see he's a boss on the field and we see you growing into yeah, something yeah look at where Andy well, Farrell is now yeah, but, <laughs> <laughs> Mate, and, and, and aren't I winning, eh? Hasn't, doesn't he sit there at night going, God, I wish I was Chris Bentley. But yeah. irrespective of, uh, I was always going to be at that club and that was my club. And then they decided they weren't interested and everybody was released. And suddenly I realised, hang on a minute, all of this totally faithful and loyal is great when it's a two-way street. But now I'm realising I'm a commodity, I'm now going to flog the rugby horse and see what I can see. Yeah. And I had a cracking globe-trotting career as a journeyman, but saw all sorts of the world. And I think there's two sides to it. I think it's... I'm still immensely jealous of guys that have found a club, succeeded at one club and done it all the way. Henry Slade, absolutely amazing. I'm mean, his testimony at Chiefs and I'm fingers crossed he sees his career out at Chiefs. But the one club man era is now sadly over as guys will bounce around according to where they make money. The Saracens have held on you. Jamie George, when we interviewed him, we, we talked about being at uh, Saracens the whole time, Owen Farrell, Saracens the whole time. So they've got their sort of loyal players. Mm. Jack Nail did it last year, didn't he? No, Stepped but, down from England and said, I'm going to France. No, but for me, I don't mind the guys that do that. And they go, right, I've done my bit and now I'm going to go and make some real coin for the last few years of my career. That's great. What I find peculiar is lads that are in their pomp uh, Joe Marchant's gone to Stad. And, Johnny and Hill, he, he's got, what, 20 England caps, hasn't he? The problem for he's... Johnny Hill is he's played for the British Lions. And yeah. and so when you say British Lions second row, you command a salary. And is he playing as a British Lions standard at the moment? Probably not. But his CV says British Lions, so he's got it in his head. He's worth so much money. And no one in England's probably going to offer him that, whereas the French will. And he so, shut down the Australian thug in the World Cup, didn't he? Or was it World Cup? No, in, in, in the internationals when we went down there and played I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of Johnny Hill because he's got a bit of boop housery about him. Yeah. And he's, he's always a bit <laughs> aggro, which is cool. And I, I like that. We've got time for that. Right, anyway, let's move on to In The Bin. Here he goes. Get ready. Strap yourselves in, ladies and gentlemen. And Chris Bentley okay. <laughs> is on I don't... I don't have an issue with referees. I think referees referee the rules and the laws of the game as they should be. But I'm just a bit concerned that aspects of the game are being lost by the, the policy makers above them. And I've written about it in the Express and Echo this week. If you want to get the Express and Echo, I mentioned three things. And the first one that I'd like to start with today is we need to rename hookers because they no longer hook the ball. They should now be called thrower inners. 
You've got to come up with something better than that. No, did you, did no you I, the... I want it to be deliberately stupid because ultimately the hooker was meant to be between two props. The props prop up the scrum. The locks lock the scrum. The hooker yeah. hooks the ball. He doesn't hook the ball. He or she doesn't hook the ball anymore. They, the, the ball is fed into the scrum, so we either need to change the lexicon and say, hang on a minute, you're no longer a hooker. You're now a thrower-inner. Yeah, but then you could say that the try can no longer be the try because the try used to be that you have a try at the posts and there were more points for the post than there were for the try itself. But, so but, the, but, the game but just that, moves on. No, but that's fine because we now accept that a try is scoring the try. Well, that, we accept that a hooker doesn't hook. Yeah. Did you see <laughs> no, the look that's, on that's, Jamie? That's, that's such an oxymoron though, isn't it? <laughs> Did you see the look on Jamie George's face when I said about being the extras and all the extras you put in, you know, throwing balls against a wall? He was like, like what are you saying? That I do what a lot year more than... do you live in? Throw, yeah, I don't just throw balls against a wall. Well, of course no. you do because you don't hook anymore. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> no, but but it, but it, but you, all your experience as a hooker. It's the change in nature of the game. It's the change in nature of the game. The whole game is evolving at the moment, and it has to evolve. It why? cannot. It cannot continue on, to be on. this. Why? Me- Sarah, why? Well, it's like it's like cricket developing the one hundred. Like there's got to be ways of of now sort of like zhuzhing it up if you like. Like it can't stay a stale game that used to be when you played. Like it just moves. Times move on. Technology moves on. Games move on. So I think you're you're finding now that rugby is just in this transition period where it's finding a new identity. So scrum half has to be small uh, still no. to climb underneath the second row to get the ball out because the hooker's not done. No, his no, but the, right. So, so this is the point. So we're, we're trying to find a new identity. And we are a bit lost at the moment. And this this applies to a few things. So playing the game on Saturday, Chiefs are 24 points to the good. And uh, I, I can't think of the Northampton player. He comes back against the grain, skips a couple of tackles. David Jenkins clatters him. He's bent. He's lowered. Furbank. He's, Furbank. And he, the captain. He smacks Furbank. F- Furbank goes down. The play carries on. And then the TMO comes in and says, hang on, we've got head on head. Is it foul play? Now, for me... They're saying this because we've got this issue with with brain injuries and knocks and bangs. But you've got a six foot seven bloke who's bent, who's making a tackle at speed against the bloke who's trying to evade him, and he's got it slightly off, and and he's collided with him. And and now all of a sudden the whole nature of the game is changed because of the decision. Now, are we going to say rugby union has risk? You've got massive people running at pace, trying to evade, doing bits and bobs, and because the commentators go, oh, when will they learn? Well, they've had seven years; they ain't going to learn. They ain't going to learn. So we, we have to make, and, 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 and this is a symptom of it, it's one of the things we have to make a decision about. Are we going to say, look, rugby is dangerous and things are going to happen? Because there's no malice in Daffy Jenkins there. No, no one's saying no, there is. No, but it's, but I'll is, show is you the, the image. Is, hang on a minute. Is there foul play? Yes. yes. Well, it's not foul play. Well, it's just yes, a clumsy, it is. It's no, a clumsy tackle. You're... you're, you're... You're saying that foul play is when you punch someone in the face because you're meaning to do it. That's, that's foul that play. in your head. By, yeah, definition. Is, is, by definition, it's foul, foul play. Foul, foul, commit a foul. Exactly. Well, we now define this as committing a foul. That he, he has the opportunity to change his actions. But, 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 but he can't. They can't. This, we've had seven years with what? this sanction and no, we're still getting one of these every two or three games. So you pulled this one out. This one was one of the worst because actually he'd spun out of two tackles. Yeah. Now I've got the screenshot here which I showed you both which is Jenkins bent at the knees, bent at the hips, bent all the way through. His shoulder is lower than Furbank's shoulder. Because Furbank is spinning and dipping, there's head contact. Because there's your that. mitigation. Because it wasn't a clear. But, and that was why it was a yellow and not a red. But, but, However, but you're not, right, so, so if we're serious about breaking brain injuries and what have you then play less rugby no just but, but cut the TMO off but you can't have you can't have a player getting sin for making a tackle when he's 6 foot 8 
and he's bending and there's a bloke trying to evade and he accidentally clips him. Now, the Furbank didn't leave for a HIA. He carried on playing. So straight away, I've got an issue. So we're doing this for optics. We're not doing this for, for anything else. And two, Daffy Jenkins leaves the field and Chiefs concede 14 points. Had he not have left the field, they don't concede points with Daff on the field, as we've already established. <laughs> so it's changed the whole game. Now, I'm not fussed about that. This is just, this is, a, I'm not, the Chiefs lost the game over 80 minutes, not a problem. But there's too many situations in rugby union where a decision is being made that affects the nature of the game. Whereas, the, so the players are not winning the game, the, the, the decision is winning the game. I'm going to leave that in the ether. Yeah, that is. You've, you've just mic dropped that, haven't you, and walked away. He's, um, not, and, and, he's not wrong, but it's how do you and, correct and, and it? No, but this, is, but this is where Coxie's saying the game is changing, it's evolving, and I'm going, well, hang on a minute, I'm not sure I'm keen on this evolution no. because we're putting huge pressure and onus on, on the individual that's, that's making the decisions, and some of the decisions they're always going to make that are absolutely going to have a, a, a massive effect on the fixture. So I think and, and what we want, we want our officials to be silent. We want to be Mr and Mrs Cellophane. We don't see them, but they facilitate facilitate a magnificent game of rugby. So these ones, I think that the TMO shouldn't... Hey, we're being serious on two locks and a cox here, aren't we? The TMO shouldn't speak until he's spoken to, so he shouldn't go looking for stuff. So the referee does. The referee is the final choice. If they want to go back and look at that, then they'll they'll look at it. It's not down to the TMO constantly just scanning. That can be done after a game and P can be cited if it was dangerous. I rate that. But let's just keep that going. In a few of the games, there was so much Again, this comes back to the big thing for me. Rugby Union is perfectly imperfect. It, it it's is. It's not the so, perfect game. We're never going to have the perfect game. Ronnie O'Sullivan, he's always searching for the perfect game of snooker. We should be searching for the perfect game of rugby, but we shouldn't be trying to officiate it perfectly and get everything right. But let's go back to the, the day when you did your Leicester game. Uh, you said, and now let's see that in real time, please, because actually you wanted to see it in real time. And that didn't happen quite the same with that. I think there was too much TMO chopping in. I've seen this. Let's have a look at it. Interruption, which then slows the game down, slows everything down, and then looks at stuff with a. Uh, with a magnifying glass so again it's it's getting that balance of, of TMO and the thing is it happens with different TMOs so different TMOs some like Tom said he never goes looking for stuff uh, others appear to like to go and look for stuff Obviously, you can't comment on that. No, Coxie, you, you're no. all limbs folded. I don't know if we've gone a bit too far here. No, 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 no. I'm just, I'm actually just listening to, to what you're saying because I think what you guys are saying is is probably what the rest of the world is thinking at the moment as well as as punters, mm. and we are very aware as referees that that punters pay our wages at the end of the day because if you don't have punters watching the game, you don't have the money revenue flow coming in, and then you get the mm. the, the whole circle of of money. I, I, I think we're in a position as referees at the moment that we are getting messages from the very top. Yeah, but the, so just just as a precursor, and I'm sorry to talk over you, Coxie, but this is not a gripe at referees. No, this no, is not a gripe, This is a gripe at the people at the very top who are, who are sending. It's it's like it's like World War One um, officers sending the troops over the top. You, yeah. you you can't win here. No, no, you no. can't win because we're, we're, we're the messengers. You're executing the laws as you're told to execute them. Yeah, you know, Joel Judge, right. When you put the scrum, don't worry if it's like. Whereas they, they should be saying, right, the scrum, the ball should be put down the middle of the scrum, and you need to officiate that. The, the difficulty, properly. the, the, the difficulty. And so you're you're destined to fail. I'll shut up now. Yeah, no, no. The, the difficulty is, is that we we have a very set, um, very complicated set of laws, and if we as referees were to referee all of those laws, you'd have forty plus penalties, if not more. Oh, and yeah, no yeah, one yeah. wants to see that. And and you're right. You've got to you've got to weigh up which ones are the match affecting ones and which ones you can mitigate into. I can leave that alone. It, nobody knows notices. It's only me that knows this, and we keep the game flowing. 
at the end of the day, putting the ball in the, the scrum a bit crooked, like, okay, I, I get what you're saying, but there are other things that are on the agenda points at the moment that have a higher priority. We want to get the game we want to get the game moving, we want to complete those scrums. And at the moment some of the scrums are not completing before we even get the ball in. Mm. So we we've got other things that we need to deal with as a priority at the moment. And when we look at foul play the messages are coming from the top that, okay, the Daffer Jenkins one, there, there are things that he could have done differently. And I know you say he's bent at the knees and he bent at the hips. He could be bent more at the hips. Because if he's bent more at the hips, he then hits the chest and below. Now, the, the, the fact of the matter is, I've got to referee fact. And the fact is that he's had a head-on-head -head collision with another player. So when then we look at that, like Ian says, there's spinning, there's other mm. things involved, so on and so forth. That's your mitigation. Mm. That takes it from potentially being a red card, yep. then down. But until we are in a position where the game has decided what it wants to do, we have to pass those messages mm. on. And the amount of stuff that we take as referees because of the way that things are yeah. being dealt with at the moment is, is it's a lot. There's a lot of responsibility on us. And so therefore, there are other elements of the game where a lot of our job is about balancing laws out and balancing how the game is moving so mm. that we can keep the teams moving. And again, it's an art form as refereeing because, like I say, I can blow every single law in the uh, yeah, in the law it. book, so, and it so, will just ruin and, and everything. I, and I know that every year, at the beginning of the year, there's or, or through the year, there's bits where the world will become right. The directive we're going to look at this year is Law Eleven Point Three. We now need to ensure that that is executed to the letter, or we're going to relax a little bit. So it's it's not on the refs, but it's just. It's, it's, it's as we're going through this evolution of the game and we're trying to make it more spectator-friendly because we want more people to watch the game, perhaps rather than to play the game, um, I'm finding it difficult. Yeah, and, more, and, and we are and, as and well. that's why more it's onus on the, the ref. bin. More onus on the ref. The no. TMO should only be used when you want to use guys, them. Guys, no, we've, had, we've, had, we've had a lovely pod. We've gone from the sublime to the ridiculous, but we now have to, um, I'm going to use Coxie's favourite word, segue away. To our final new <laughs> part of the show. It's the step man. So Dave Church, um, he was so magnificent and I think he's brilliant. We've I've decided not to interview him. We decided Ian and the Statman are gonna have a chat every week and talk about stats around rugby union. So we're gonna go across the Statman, but before we do that, any final messages from you, Ian? Nope, we're all good. Coxie, are you happy? I'm happy. So that's been two locks and a cox. We're gonna hand over to the Statman. If you want to get involved, Brad at radiox.co.uk. Send your messages into him. If not, we'll see you next week. Two Locks and a Cox signing out. Chica -chica. Two Locks and a Cox. Here we are. We've now got our weekly Stuntman session. Welcome, Dave. Hi, Dave. Hi, yeah. So uh, we've just come off the back of a, uh, a a long wind streak, which has been holding us over for, for you know, a really long time. It's sat on people's mind. It had to be broken at some time. We knew it was going to happen. Uh, Northampton scoring 26 points in the first part of the game, the first quarter of the game, which I think you'll tell us uh, some stats on that. And then to, to go from 26 nil to uh, to finally losing the game in the dying minutes. We can't be too cross because we've won games that you've got stats on in the dying minutes. So tell us some hot facts from the weekend. Yeah. So, I mean, the first thing to say is I'm, in a way, I'm quite glad that that unbeaten run's gone because if nothing else, I don't have to update it every two weeks um, in terms of add 14 <laughs> days on. Uh, so, so we can stop. We can stop watching that one. Um, I think the the amazing start on Saturday was okay. That first quarter, like you said, uh, Chiefs scored 22 points in the first 20 minutes. 
um, which is their best opening quarter since the Saracens game, which <laughs> was a ridiculous opening quarter itself. Um, but the the amazing stat, and this is one that came to me in the car when I, I was out earlier, um, Daffy Jenkins was on the field for 41 minutes. In those 41 minutes, Northampton Saints did not score a single point. Wow. So they, their first 14 points came while he was in the bin, and then all their other points came after he'd gone off with his um, head injury. Right, let's make sure we get that stat over to Rob that he listens to uh, the pod. Now we're an official uh, sponsored by the Exeter Chiefs, and I'll, I'll tell yeah. Rob in the bar on Saturday night. So that's an amazing stat. Yeah, so, I mean, it's it possibly not an amazing stat if he's going to be out this Saturday. Um, no. But, but, yeah, I mean, and that was our uh, the highest losing score for Chiefs at Sandy Park. Only their defeat in the Premiership final 2021 to Quinns was, was a highest losing score. So, um, absolutely bananas game of rugby, really. I think that's uh, the best explanation for it. <laughs> Yeah, you, we don't go to we don't get many days like that where we come out on the wrong side of it. I worked out in the last thirteen months, Chiefs have won ten games by seven points or fewer. So, i.e., they'd conceded a losing bonus point to the opposition ten times, yeah. and in that time, they'd only had one defeat by the same margin, uh, London Irish, uh, at the end of last season. So, if you if you're a believer in these things ending them even in themselves out over a season. Uh, we've probably got some more evening out to, to go is the bad news because, yeah, for that to happen 10 times and only come the other way twice um, suggests that we've either got a very good habit of closing games out or we're in for some bad luck, really. Stats don't lie, but uh, we we are pretty good at closing games out. So yeah, uh, let's, yeah. let's think, hope for that one. Yeah, yeah. Hope, let's hope we don't get another one again. Yeah. So obviously it's Europe this week. Um, so I've got a couple of stats on the European um, front. Uh, but it's Glasgow, and we've not played them for about 10 minutes. No, exactly. So uh, this will be their sixth visit to Sandy Park. Uh, just for comparison, Bristol have only played seven premiership games at Sandy Park. No so, way. Yeah, they've only, because obviously Bristol had a spell in the championship. But yes. yeah, they, uh, Glasgow are almost as regular visitors as Bristol have been for, for meaningful games. Um, so... That's um, yeah. If it feels familiar, it's because yeah, they it is. They've got their own parking space already. I think um, the European home form though, it's been brilliant over the last uh, five six years. Just one defeat in seventeen in Europe. Uh, that was to Leinster in the quarterfinal a couple of years ago. Um, it, those seventeen games have yielded fifteen wins and one draw. And even that draw was against Montpellier and actually meant was really a win. Um, Ten of those wins have been by twenty points or more no way that's that. so, <laughs> they are some incredible you wouldn't believe those would you unless you had them written on your spreadsheet yeah no it's one of those things um and, and glasgow's last two visits have been absolutely chastening for glasgow uh they've lost 42 nil um it, during lockdown that was in uh, december 2020 and then about uh january 22 they lost um 52 17 at Sandy Park so they've, they've been a big part of that uh, points difference if you like but yeah um, Exeter's home form after a, uh, quite a slow start in the first few European campaigns has been pretty much immaculate since then Well that's incredible isn't it so, uh, and so we're looking for possibly a high score this weekend or the potential that players will be rested because we know we're going to do it and do that but we won't know that till Thursday No we won't we won't let's say it'll be later in the week but um, yeah it feels feels like it should be a, a, a yeah, it could be a good opportunity for us to 
rack up the points difference, but maybe Sound, that sounds great. And uh, you've got a stat from the uh, from the women's side as well, I believe. Yeah, so, so the women uh, took another try bonus point um, on at the weekend uh, in the first half. In the first half, yeah, you did start to get um, a nasty sense of deja vu just before half time. I don't know if <laughs> the same with you. So I thought, oh no, not again. Um, but yeah, that was their sixth uh, try bonus point in six games this season in the in the Premier Fifteens. Uh, Premiership Women's Rugby, whatever, um, <laughs> yeah, whatever but, uh, they branded it as now. Look, it's really yeah. hard for us, and this is why uh, why we try and educate on the pod. So yeah, PWR. Yeah, yeah. Um, last season, they took 16 out of 18 try bonus points from the league campaign. Wow, so you've got a good record across the board on uh, those. Yeah, and so actually that run goes to it's 26 from their last 28 league games. They've taken a try bonus point. Wow. Okay. Wow. So. Is, um, yeah. Unfortunately, the bad news is, is Saracens have taken six out of six as well this year, try bonus points. And they're so, top of the table and uh, unbeaten. Yeah, so I wouldn't be sticking my money on a nil-nil draw for that one. However, as we know, these stats and these running streaks have to end somewhere. Yeah, as we saw. So the, the, these streaks, we only keep them updated so that we can delete them one day. Exactly. Brilliant. Great. Well, thanks a lot for, uh, for our weekly update. We'll look forward to our game this week. And then uh, we'll have some more stats in, uh, in next week's pod. Two locks and a cox. From Devon's Radio X with Exeter Chiefs. Don't miss the friendly against the Scarlets on Saturday the 10th of February. Book your tickets today at tickethub.exeterchiefs.co.uk.